Just a quick note before we kick off this week's episode, I want to let you know that this Saturday, June 24th, 2017, there will not be a live episode. There will not be a live broadcast, I guess, shall we say, at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We will return the following week, July 1st, with both myself and Jim. So thanks, as always, to our chat room and, of course, our awesome supporters, which you can become by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Enjoy your time off. Spend some time with your family, your friends, and get some sunshine. Here's the show. Ask the Podcast Coach for June 17th, 2017. It's showtime. Let's get ready to podcast. Yes, it's that time. It's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am flying solo today. And uh, before we get going, I should say... If you don't know this, tomorrow is Father's Day, and doggone it, without dear old dad, you wouldn't be here, so uh, think a little harder in getting something besides a tie, or a hammer, or (laughs) all those other uh, major daddish kind of things. Find out what the guy wants, which is always kind of hard, especially if they're older. Old people don't need anything, for the record, they just don't. I need time. I need my, you know, but uh, that whole nine years. So happy Father's Day early to uh, everyone. And uh, Jim is off. I think he, I forget what he's going on today. We're not having any show next week. We should say that. I'm off and Jim is off next week. I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, taking a course from uh, the one and only Ray Edwards on copywriting. So that should be uh, great fun. And, um... I just thought, you know what? Let's just go solo. I will say this. If you ever want to do a live solo show, you have to be so prepared before you start because I can't, like, normally if I wanted to go, like, find out who the patrons are, I would have to, uh, you know, ask Jim a question. And then while he's answering, I would then go over and and pull that up or whatever. And uh, there's nobody to throw it to now. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation today... I would love to have you. Uh, you just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. But let's start off with a fun thing first, and that is what's inside the envelope. That's right. If you uh, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, we'll do a good old-fashioned unboxing, or in this case, an unenveloping. And uh, I got this today. I'm pretty sure I know what's in here. I, I know for the audio people, they're like, Dave, you do know this is an audio show, right? But it's a your typical yellow envelope filled with... Uh, uh, the bubble wrappy thingies. Yes, I feel it already. It is finally my DVD of The Messengers. And uh, I, I supported their Indiegogo. So I have two copies, one for me, and I might give one to my brother. Because uh, for those of you that don't know, the School of Podcasting and my podcasting journey was born in the basement of my brother's house. Actually, there are three DVDs. And I haven't shown you the back of it yet. So the front just says the messengers of podcast documentary, and on the back we have uh, Denise for uh, Denise, I believe is how you pronounce her name. A um, bunch of people, Danny Pena, looking all dapper in Miami. So that's fun. And then we've got this is what I've been wanting, to, and I'm so happy that uh, they did not send this. I had to send this to my uh, my my PO box because the U.S. Postal Service would have mangled this. Um, but this is the 
the official book of the messengers. Hashtag share the message. And uh, there's yours truly there in the bottom right hand corner. This is really nice. Uh, I can't get my microphones in the way. There I am. Well, this is a nice. It's full color. It's well made. Very cool. And uh, an update on this. It's been approved to get things into iTunes as a um, as a movie. Oh man, is it a whole lot different than getting a podcast into? Uh, speak of the devil. Here you go. My brother's awake. Um, to getting then getting a podcast. A podcast you basically uploaded, and as long as you have your artwork in specs, by the way. Uh, I had another one this week. If you're, it doesn't, they, in fact, they blew it in their announcement uh, last week. And they said, your artwork should be less than a meg. And we're still seeing that if it's more than, than 500 kilobytes, it causes issues with uh, things updating. And I, I have yet to, I don't understand how you tie those two things together. Besides when Apple is coming over to scan your feed that somehow it slows it down, but I I didn't believe it, and I've seen it now. So many weird, my show is not updating kind of stuff, and you go over, and they've got a, a artwork that's like 1.5 megabytes. They shrink that bad boy down. A great uh, website to uh, to use if you don't if you're not a graphics person is Pixlr. It's P I X L R because we all know E's are evil. Uh, Pixlr dot com. You can upload your file and then go into just go file save and there's a little button there that says compress and uh, that will um, you can just drag it until it's under 500 kilobytes give it a new name upload it to uh, your media host and you're good to go you need that artwork and then you need a live episode to get into iTunes with a movie they literally the, the you you send it to this company who was like quality control for iTunes and they literally apparently go frame by frame it's amazing that we they called Chris Kermitzos, the executive producer, and Neil Galarte, who's the the director, and they said, "Yeah, if you could send us a little snippet, blah blah blah." And they literally said, "Like frame number four, like which is on the screen for one thirtieth of a second, and like frame number seven are missing." And we we're like, "What?" And sure enough, they were. Uh, so they it's it's a whole new process. But that is now we've made it through quality control. And we're not sure how long it takes now that they've approved it and they're going to submit it to iTunes before it actually shows up. But you'll be hearing uh, myself talk about this. What we want to do is once it's available for pre-order, you're going to hear myself and and hopefully many other people promote the the, uh, bejeebus out of this because we really want it to go live as like number one. That would be cool to have this go number one. And that's why they did this campaign with the DVDs. We're hoping that we can get people to watch this. And then the day it goes live in iTunes, everybody pony up the, whatever it's going to be four or five bucks. I have no idea. And shoot this thing to the, uh, the top of the charts. So I should do a draw, do a drawing. That's true. I got an extra one. Uh, We might have to do that someday. So that's what's going on. If you've been wondering what's going on with the messengers, I'm actually, it's interesting. Here's one of those things where you always wonder, you know, can I change this in my podcast and the messengers podcast? And this is per Chris Kermitzos. He loves it. This is the one I've been doing for him. But now looking back, the first episode of it is pretty boring because we had no idea where we were going. And so it was me kind of explaining what. A podcast is and where podcasting came from and the fact that we didn't know where we were going and a little bit about me and how I got involved and 
who cares, right? And so we're actually going to go back now that we know the story and use that as a big giant teaser. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It started off with four guys in their driveway saying we should make a documentary. Little did we know that there was going to be death and people, somebody was going to get fired and yada, 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 and people would be crying and et cetera, et cetera, to tease people. Because once you get to like episode two and three, it really starts to kick off. But episode one is kind of brr. And so uh, we are going to go back and redo episode number one. So that's uh, also coming up. So if you ever wonder, can I go back and re-record podcasts? Uh, yeah, you can. Easily fix them as well. I can actually just do that with uh, any media host. You can pretty much just re-upload the file. I know in um, in Libsyn, there's actually a replace button. I'm, you know, I, one of the things I was thinking about today, I was out on a walk and uh, I need to brush up on my blueberry skills. I, used to, I really, I still know PowerPress, but I, I don't know them in since I started working. And I, it's not that I dislike blueberry at all. I just don't use them as much as I used to. And I need to get, I need to brush up on my, uh, my blueberry skills. So if you have any questions, uh, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We're there every Saturday, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you can come over. We have a live chat room there. I'm just going to update it. And, you know, those that have already listened to it, uh, back then when it came out, liked it because they, you know, it was the only thing available. We just know now we can do better. And so we're going to update episode one and go that route and uh, do that. I've only in the, the 12 years I've been podcasting, I've only removed one file that I can think of, my, maybe two from the school of podcasting. And that was because there was a, um, a company called, I want to say it was inner tube. It was I N N E R T O O B. They don't exist anymore. And they looked a lot like SoundCloud before SoundCloud was even a twinkle in its father's eye. And it was just, it was a great idea. It was just way ahead of its time. There weren't enough people, I think, listening to podcasts, because this is like 2006-ish. Uh, and I have an, I had an interview with the maker of InnerTube, and it doesn't exist. So that episode is, there's like no value in that episode. So I was like, you know what? You're done. You're out of here. See you later. Uh, goodbye. So... Uh, I do have, um, uh, since, uh, nobody's throwing in any questions, I do have a topic today and I, 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 th- so this will be a little different than, uh, previous. And that is anybody can come up and complain about something. And then I thought about what I should, what we should do today. Just, just you and me is, uh, brainstorm since I have a, a live group here and I, I tell people this all the time. And that is, if you if you watch, I love the uh, I love Shark Tank, I love Bar Rescue, and I love a show called The Prophet on CNBC, and they do this all the time on on The Prophet. And it's this guy who makes a bazillion dollars. He owns, I think, Gander Mountain and who knows what. But he he's just he's writing checks for like six hundred thirty thousand dollars. Here you go. It's in my couch cushions. He's a really rich dude, and he goes and he he buys these businesses and helps them. And the last episode I saw was a, a swimsuit company for, um, um, i see, here's that one word it, for people that are horizontally challenged and they had all these patterns and they, they weren't really selling very well. They were kind of selling, but kind of not. And so the guy got a, a thing called a focus group together and said, here's what we have. And it was his target audience. And they all went, meh. Then And then they brought in some designers and they said, well, what do you think of these patterns? Oh, I like that. I don't like that. That's cool. I like that, this and that. And I was like, I think this is something that I often say to people that 
really what you should do if you're launching a podcast, if you can, and I always joke and say, find somebody who's not named mom to listen to your show, but that's kind of like, well, how do you do that? And so I was thinking about this. I actually own, of course I do, the domain podcastfocusgroup.com. It goes to nothing right now. And I thought about that. And I I thought if I throw this out to you guys, maybe we can brainstorm this because I thought this would be cool if I could somehow have a website and and I'll I'll talk about the, the pluses and minuses of this where people could sign up as a listener and you could say, I'm interested in, and then you just have those crappy iTunes categories. I'm interested in business and marketing. I'm interested in family and kids. I'm interested in science or whatever the category is. And then we could have somebody sign up and say, okay, my show is primarily a science show. And I could email all the people that said, I'm interested in science shows and say, okay, here's the show, listen to it, and then give feedback, and then somehow turn that into a podcast. And then the fun thing is, how do you get people to do that? Because A, I'm asking the listeners for their time, because I don't want you to just go, great show, you know, the the typical uh, iTunes review, right? Great show, loved it. Great host, loved it. You know, these people that it's, it's always interesting when they got 10 five-star reviews on the same day and they all said, great show, great show, great show, great show. So I, I want something that's a little more than great show, but that's going to require time. Okay, great. So, and then I, you could say, well, I'll plug your podcast if you have one when we do the review. And that's where I, a little voice in my head said, As a musician, I was never really keen on getting paid in exposure because when you go to the grocery store and try to pay for groceries in exposure, it usually doesn't work very well. And I was like, hmm. So that means I would have to charge the podcaster who wanted a focus group, and that's where the whole thing falls apart. (laughs) I was like, okay, what do you charge? And then are people willing to pay? For a focus group, and then I think the most important question here is, uh, would they listen if they got a focus group? So I don't know. And it's just one of those things where, I, to me, I see this, because I can sit here all day and say, I think we have a quality problem in podcasting, not the fact that it's hard to make one. Anybody can make a podcast. You go through all those steps and you get it launched. But I think in the end, if we want people to continue listening, we need to work on the quality. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you work on the quality? Yeah, just Google bandwidth, Mr. Bryant. Unfortunately, I tried to fire up, uh, I had all sorts of weird problems. I started launching the show at 10 o'clock, and it wasn't until about 1027 that I was able to actually get audio going into this, and um, uh, my Mac is sitting over there on a bookcase, and that's usually what's running Mixler. I try to run it on my laptop, which is sitting behind me. And uh, I think I said this last week, never buy the slowest laptop because it's the cheapest, even if all you're going to do is check email and PowerPoint, because just downloading the Mixler installer took like forever. Um, so uh, so in the chat room, what do you think of this idea? Is it a good idea? Is it something that you go, mm, here's how I would do that? Um, do you think, to me, I just think it's a need. Maybe I'm wrong. And, uh, and I also am not, I'm not positive people are open to suggestions. I, I have had, and it's weird because I've had a couple people 
uh, in the last month or so. And they're doing things that I think are not great ideas. And they're paying me for my opinion, and yet they're ignoring my opinion. So I could sit there and go, well, they're just going to do what they want to do. They're kind of closed-minded. But on the other hand, the fact that I want them to do what I'm saying makes it sound like I'm closed-minded, like, this is the way to do it. So it's always kind of odd like that. Um, How are you getting non-podcasters for your focus groups? That's the problem. That's the other great problem. Because sometimes we want... Because uh, I, I actually had, before there was podcast guests, before there were interview connections and all these other ones, I actually was this close to buying a dating script, like a, you know, hookup, whatever kind of, you know, a match.com kind of script. And I was going to tweak it to where podcasters could sign up and guests could sign up. I think I still own a domain for this. And it wasn't that expensive. It was just going to take uh, probably the better part of a week of tweaking this thing so it's not tell me your likes and dislikes, but, you know, tell me about your show. Tell me about your experiences. It was supposed to be a place where you could go in and um, uh, look for guests and guests could look for podcasters, could look for guests and guests could look for places to find a podcast. The whole point being branded all over the place with schoolofpodcasting.com, because in my mind, the people that are guests probably should have their own podcast was my thought behind it. And I just at the time, uh, was still in school when I actually saw this whole idea. It's always been on like, it's like number seven on the list of things that I should probably launch. And then all these other services came out now and I was like, yeah, you know what? They got it covered. Uh, not a big deal. And, but that was going to be one of the hardest things. How do you get, how do you go find a bunch of authors and, you know, anybody else, uh, experts, anybody that would be a good guest to say, hey, you should, should sign up for the service and then be on podcasts because you then have to, go out and into all these other Facebook groups. And how do you go into a Facebook group to say, Hey, you should sign up for my thing. Because the last time I checked that sounded kind of spammy without making connections. So it was going to be a long haul. Um, yeah. The focus group would need to get paid even if it was only, and that was actually my thought. I thought if we did it for like, let's say I had, and if you ever noticed this, how good ideas come, or at least ideas, I don't know if they're good or not. Uh, come to you in the shower. This came to me in the shower this morning. And uh, I thought, okay, what would a podcaster, a new podcaster, who's already just probably started their show, maybe that's maybe that's my own fault. I'm thinking of somebody who just started. Maybe this is somebody who's been going at it for a year. But I thought, what about like $30, $40? And then you pay everybody five bucks. And then, you know, five goes to me. And then have, and then have the... The email go out, hey, we have a new, you know, travel podcast. The first five travel people to reply to this and say, I'll take it, get it. So there would have to be some sort of website where people, maybe a form. I don't know. I was trying to work through this. So because otherwise you're going to end up with, and that's the other thing is that could be a problem is I could have five people that say, I'll review it. And then there has to be a deadline. You know, you have to have this done by this date. And we all have life that pops into play. So it's it was just one of those things. I, I like this idea. I kind of just need to know where it goes for. Um, so, so the, yeah. So the podcast would have to cover the cost of all those people plus your service. And that was a whole thing. And I was like, if I, if you keep it cheap, then I'm not paying people much. So that doesn't inspire them. Maybe it's like, hey, if you don't do this, you know, you're going to, you're not going to make five bucks. 
And then on the other hand, depending on how much admin this is, I could find myself wanting to, you know, go hang myself because I'm making five bucks for three hours worth of work to, you know, uh, chase people down to get their ideas. And then I thought even they could, you know, time shift it or call in their comment. Because again, what if it's not a podcaster that's reviewing it? I could say here, just just call this number, leave your feedback. And I thought about that because I've seen people, uh, if you go into, um, I actually watched the season of, what's the thing with you're fired? The Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I'd never seen the show. And I was pretty sure this was going to be the last season. But one of the things they did is they would have these contests and some other minion of of Schwarzenegger would go talk to the companies that were running this contest and they would deliver the feedback. They would organize the feedback and deliver it to the the ce- celebrities. And so I thought, well, maybe if I could get the podcasters, you have a week to submit your review of the show. What And it would be, I would have some, again, the teacher in me would be like, okay, I want you to, on a scale from one to 10, rate the website, rate the the intro, the outro, the audio quality, and the overall content, and then maybe would you recommend this to a friend? You know, would you subscribe to the show? Give give people an idea of this is what I'm looking for, and uh, and then get that feedback, and then kind of mish it, mash it into a report. So I could say, well, the people that the the folks group that listened to it, here's what they liked, and then just kind of deliver it that way. Um, that I, I like that idea because now I'm a funnel. So I can get that information, put it into a, a single report, and that way I'm not trying to get five people. Let's say we had five people in a focus group. Try Because I thought, oh, this would be cool. We could do it via, via Google Hangout and get them together. But now I'm trying to align five people's schedules. And I went, you know what? Let's just take that one right off the board. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> so I thought if people could send in their stuff, even via phone, so we can get people that are not podcasters to do it. Um, so. The ideal customer. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's an interesting idea. It's something I'm like, hmm. So if you have any uh, ideas on that or tools that I could use for this, because I thought I could use um, uh, mm-hmm, the email program I use mm-hmm, that is escaping my mind. Live is always fun. It's um, the one that Pat Flynn was recommending. Hmm. It's not MailChimp and it's not Constant Contact and it's not AWeber. Yeah, it'll come to me. But they have a way where you could say, I could have people sign up and say, click on these categories that you like, and it would then flag them behind the scenes that this is who they wanted. So ConvertKit, there we go. I could use ConvertKit to segment the people so I could say, okay, we've got this person, send it to these people. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Um, so, uh, and Daniel, and I'm assuming you know this. Uh, today is your wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Jenny Lewis. So um, get her something good and that whole nine yards. Don't uh, don't buy her a vacuum. That's usually that usually doesn't go over well, just for the record. So uh, but if you have a question and you want to chime on in, just go to ask the dot com slash join and you'll be we'll split this screen in half and you'll take the other half. And uh, you can ask your question live. We have a couple here that I picked out. Um, I'll put this in the chat room. But it's we we've kind of talked recently about 
sensitive subjects. And what happened was apparently on this show, a, a, uh, I guess it's a, a feminist kind of, uh, and that link doesn't go to anything. Hmm. Let me get a better link for you guys. That goes to the, uh, if you go to the top link of that, let me repost that. Let's try this again. Um, apparently there was a, a feminist, I believe her name is Roxanne Gay. And she had a woman who was on her show talking about her book, Hunger. And apparently this person in, and see, now I'm going to stumble over the same thing. The person that wrote the book is, and this is what Roxanne said, she used the medical term, which is supremely, hold on, she's, she's obese. She's morbidly obese. And there's a, there was a phrase for it like, super morbidly obese or something of that nature. And so the the person was saying, I had a horrible time on this show. And they have since apologized and said, we shouldn't have said you were super morbidly obese. But the problem was apparently on the show, that's not the bad part. Because on one hand, you could say, well, what am I supposed to call somebody who's morbidly obese if they're morbidly obese? I'm with you on that. I'm like, gee, horizontally challenged. The problem was they made jokes about it. And they said, cause apparently wherever their office is, they're like, is the elevator going to be able to handle it? The weight. And they're like making fat jokes for lack of a better phrase to use the F word. They were making jokes about it on the show. That is not cool. That was the thing. And so keep in mind that you're, you know, if you want more guests, uh, I would not recommend making fun of them on your show. <laughs> Uh, I always kind of feel weird about that because on occasion I will have, um, I'll have a client or somebody that I deal with and I'm like, oh, this is a great learning experience. I wish I could talk about this, but I don't want to throw, I'm not going to get any more clients if I constantly throw them under the bus. <laughs> so you have to be kind of careful with that. But yeah, I would not recommend talking bad about previous guests. Uh, if you want to talk about them, at least keep them you know, keep the guilty nameless or something of that nature. But I just thought that was an interesting story uh, that had come up. And then um, Trey said, I just landed a rather well-known yet perhaps not mainstream comedian. So I'm going to be probing this group. This is out of a Facebook group. This is what I do on Saturday mornings. I go out and probe the different Facebook groups uh, for some help in the next coming weeks to get ready for it. First things first, I don't have sponsors yet, and I expect a lot of listeners from this episode. And that's the first thing I wanted to mention. In my opinion, it's having a big guest does not equal tons of downloads. It just it just doesn't. Uh, it's it in theory it should just their name. And this is I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, why is it that that doesn't constitute to just bam giant downloads? And I think if it's somebody who's super famous, so let's say I had Kevin Hart on my show and I'm like, oh, this is great. I talked about his book last week on the school of podcasting. I've been Kevin Hart on my show. Well, now when you go to Google and you type Kevin Hart, he's got so much media going on right now and media coverage and press releases and um, YouTube videos of him appearing on the tonight show and all these other, it's like you are now in a, a sea of PR for a person who's out probably promoting something, which is why they're on your show. And I think that's maybe why sometimes having a big name 
doesn't equal giant downloads. It should. You you would think it should. And I, I follow that that thinking. But I think that's part of it is you end up in a sea of people that uh you know just doesn't um equate to to big numbers and such like that. So um so that was the first thing you said. Uh, you know, I'm I'm so I'm I'm probing uh, this group. Uh let's see. Thing is I have absolutely no idea where to start. In my podcast, I'm trying to fund charities. So that's where 50% of the proceeds will go. But I would like to make some money back and be able to offer money to guests to attract people with larger followings. And this is from Trey Weaver. Now, I know on, well, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming, so shoot me if I'm wrong. uh, I believe the Tonight Show, and because of unions, the uh, Screen Actors Guild, I would assume because you're appearing on a television show, I'm going to guess you get paid for that. Not much. There's probably some sort of base fee, which is weird because you are there to promote your show, which is why every interview, shall we say, on Jimmy Fallon ends with Let's Roll the Clip, (laughs) which is really why you're there. They should rename the show Let's Roll the Clip. And so I always wonder, I mean, on one hand, you're there to promote your your thing, but I would think, and if anybody knows, let me know, that uh, they don't get paid when you do that. But I don't know, the only person I've heard of, I've heard of people charging guests to be on their show. And, and when I had that person on the School of Podcasting, the reason he did that is he just wanted a kind of a door fee because he kept having, he would schedule interviews with people that were not showing up and he was wasting a lot of time and a lot of resources to then sit there and go, where is this person? So, so I don't, you know, to me on a podcast, I've never paid anybody to be on my show. Uh, I'm giving them content. I'm giving them exposure. And that's usually why they're on the show. And, And typically if it's a niche show, you have their target audience. So they're happy to, to come on your show. So if you're thinking you have to pay people to be on your show, um, that's uh that's that's not the norm at this point. Um I usually tell people if you're trying to get a big guest, like I've I've emailed Adam Curry a couple times. I wanted him to come on my show to talk about his his podcaster pro kit. And so far, nothing. Um so that's fine. Uh but usually like when I was trying to get a hold of Pat Flynn to be on my show, um and he had legitimate reasons. He kept having these things called babies that somehow took precedent over being on a podcast. I'm like, where's this guy's priorities? Holy cow. And um, he said sarcastically, but when he came out with the smart podcast player, lo and behold, he had time for to, to come on my show because I had his target audience. So, you know, I didn't have to pay Pat for that. He came on because I had his target audience. And in theory, um, you should have somebody that, that wants your audience. So uh, that was just an interesting question. I just want to make sure everybody knew you don't normally don't have to pay your guests. Um, And Daniel, you probably got pinged on this one. There was a question that said, what are some of the most effective ways you've gotten listeners to write iTunes reviews? And Daniel's been uh, raking in the reviews over at the audacity to podcast.com. He says, we've got a pretty decent following now, probably a little over 1200 active listeners judging by total downloads. And I'm going to make a note for that. We're going to talk about crap numbers in a second. Mm-mm-mm. I have found out that I'm I'm doing the standing desk, that if I do anything now, I jiggle. 
It's like, I feel like I'm in a bad episode of Star Trek. It's like, hold on, I feel an earthquake. And my microphone makes a lot of noise. Oh, because this thing's sitting on top of it. Um, Back to the question. I've got over 1,200 active listeners, judging by total downloads. And I've put out a call to action in each of our 10 episodes. Well, 10 episodes is not a ton to really, you know, that's you're going to start getting some traction. Still only 26 reviews for for 10 episodes. That's 2.6 in my book. I'll take that on iTunes. Any tips on things I can do to get more people to act? So I mentioned the fact that, A, Daniel is doing a presentation, I believe, and Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, at Podcast Movement about how to get more reviews. And the man should know he built my podcast reviews, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR. That is my affiliate link for that. And um, Daniel's been doing a cool thing, and I think Ray Edwards does this as well, and that is if you write a review, be sure to mention your website or your podcast, and then Daniel gives them a shout-out. And he's actually, I don't know if he's still doing this, but um, he's playing. he was playing clips of their show, which was quite the shout-out. And uh, consequently, it seems like about every show, if not every other show, now has a new review for Daniel to do a shout-out. So... It's one of those things, it's a win-win in that case. You get a review, and then they get a little exposure. In the case of Daniel's gone the extra mile, not just saying, hey, thanks to you know um, Mike from the Mike in the Morning Muffins show, or whatever it is, uh, .com. He's actually giving people a little listen. So uh, that might be a way to do that. I've heard of people, and I've never understood this, uh, Barry Katz does the... Industry standard. Barry Katz is a very famous comedic uh, manager. He's managed Dave Chappelle and a whole bunch of people. And he used to do a thing where he would spin a wheel and then pick a random review. And my whole thing with that is how do you get in contact with the person that did the review if you don't have their website? So if I go, hey, congratulations, Jim Mom 37 you've won, you know, a copy of the messengers podcast on DVD. Okay. How am I going to, cause what's going to stop anybody and everybody from emailing me going, I'm Jim mom 37. And you're like, well, that's weird because your, your email says big Steve at yahoo.com. Are you sure you're Jim mom? Cause you look like you're big Steve. And so that would be my whole thing about contests with reviews. How do you do that? Unless I don't know. There's, there's gotta be some sort of verification there and you can't do that is the lust of my nose. So, um, so, but that's the one I've seen that that's working for me. And just the other one is if you don't want to give shout outs, well, shame on you. I think that's a great idea. At least read them and let people know that you can do that and say, thank you. And I was, and as I was reading that question, I was like, you know what? I haven't done that in a while. Cause I know I just got two from using my podcast reviews and I was like, I need to read those on my show. It's priming the pump. And it's the same thing with uh, any kind of voicemail or feedback. Any kind of stimulus that you want from your audience, be sure to uh, promote it uh, on your show so that people know that, oh, wow, if I actually send him an email, if I send her an email, she'll read it. So uh, that's just an easy, that, that would be my uh, little, you know, do what Daniel does. When in doubt, just do what Daniel does. There you go. Um, there you go. Exactly. Um, paying people to come on shows is as bad as paying to appear on shows. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of, um, depending on, I guess, on who it is. But that is a weird thing. 
But and that's where again you have to ask yourself. This is that's what Barb said in the chat room. If you pay people, because you really now have to think about the return on investment. The um, I did an episode of uh, the podcast Newsflash. We'll be by the way that that show is going to be pod faded. I've I've come to that conclusion. Uh, but I did an episode where I mentioned that Adam Curry was launching this new little gizmo, and Adam Curry tweeted it, and it made a spike of. I don't know, 40, but when I was getting about 50 downloads an episode and all of a sudden I'm getting 90, that makes a big old spike in your, your downloads. And, um, so that was a case where a tweet was actually just as good as having him come on the show for that show. Uh, that show, by the way, if you ever wondered, that was me testing. What was it like to have an Amazon, not an Amazon app. It's been so while since I did it. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but there, there are different, there's the app where you can just call something and it will do it. And then there are these types that you can say, like I can say, hey, Alexa, what's new? And she will say. Here's your flash briefing. Flash briefing. Alexa, stop. And uh, so I made this thing to be part of people's flash briefing. And if somebody said, well, cool, how many people listen to a podcast about podcasting as a flash briefing in Amazon? That answer is really easy. Zero, not a zip, not. Now, if I'd made it an app, I might have gotten more stuff and I might tweak it. But this is the one thing I can definitely take away. I've tried to do this a couple of times. And I mean, literally that show was two to three minutes. And I would wake up, I would go to a couple of different websites. I would pick a story, I would read it and I would put it out. And I'd even try to batch them ahead of time. Doing a daily show is not easy. It's really, it was one of those things where, ugh, you know, you turn around and and because you need a lot of really good content, depending on what it is. And sometimes there's just not a lot of news or it's, you know, uh, a, a great example of that is um, this week. Hmm. Daniel, help me. What was the um, I need to pull up my slack. There was a new webinar this week. Jacobs Media uh, did a webinar. And Jacobs Media and was all they they polled 251 radio station listeners. So it was radio station listeners, and they polled them much like the share of ear by um, Edison Research. And the interesting thing of this was interesting. He said in in air quotes was here's what we learned from that webinar that uh, podcasting is growing but growing slowly. That. Uh, some people are not listening to the radio as much as they used to, and that those people are actually listening to more podcasts than they used to, uh, that people that get into podcasting seem to really get into podcasting. So once you start, you kind of get addicted and listen to more and more. And the only thing I learned from that, at least in their study, was that millennials seem to be getting into podcasting more than that. But other than that, there was nothing there that I went, Ooh, wow. Did you hear the stat in Jacob's media? It, it was the same thing we heard from every other kind of uh, podcasting poll that podcast is growing slowly. People are not listening to radio as much as they want to. Uh, people are watching a lot of online video, you know, the same old thing. So I, I was kind of waiting for that to come out and I'm like, Oh, I'll be sure to mention that on podcast newsflash. And I could have, it's still news, but it, to me, that was kind of like, it's not really, I, I can see my audience going, oh, yeah, that's the same. Did you say that was Edison Research? No, no, this one is Jacob's Media. And they go, oh, 
because it sure sounded like the exact same thing you said about the other company. Uh, so I, uh, I've just decided, and it's if you've ever wondered when do you shut down a show, it's when you are constantly going, yeah, mm, not really. I got to go find something to talk about, and then there was nothing that really. And it's one of those things. If it's not interesting to you, that's going to come across to your audience. And again, I started that podcast as a specific tool to see what happens if I make this app. Can I make this little newsflash app for Amazon? And if I did, would anybody listen? And it might be a great idea in five years from now when there's tons of people using the Amazon Echo. But right now, nah. And I also know that um, there are companies that are working on making it easy for you to add your show as an app into Amazon. So that's not even something I want to get into. It's like, how do I do this myself? It's like, just be patient. I'm pretty sure other companies are going to make that really easy for you in, uh, in the future. Um, now Craig has an interesting point. Uh, we're talking about reading reviews and this is a good point. And this is sometimes why I feel a little weird about reading reviews. Cause it'd be like me saying, Hey, I got a review from Craig from Inglaeus podcast. And he says, love, ask the podcast coach. It's the best show in the world. Dave's the best. Super, super good. Awesome. Killer. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Best show in the world. Thanks. And you're like, okay. You kind of feel, so Craig is saying reading review sounds a little self-appreciation to me. It's like, yay, me. Yay. So that's kind of weird. Um, he says, I give shout outs, but I don't read the view. That's true. And I don't know if Daniel's reading the whole thing. Maybe he's doing an abridged version of it. Um, so, hello, Miss Eileen. And uh, so, that's um, if you've wondered, how do you shut down a show? And, and let's talk about that. I actually wrote, oh, did you guys know this? Pottertainment Magazine is going out of business. Or they're shutting down. They're not going out of business. But if you are a subscriber to Pottertainment Magazine, uh, next must issue uh, will be the last one. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that if they're going to put out a big announcement or what. But if not, I just announced it uh, because I write for that that uh, magazine. And it's a, it was a uh, iOS-only uh, kind of cool thing. You could get it in the bookstore. It's only $12 a year. And this is one of those things where you kind of have to know your audience, maybe in a way. It started off kind of cool, and maybe it didn't get where some people wanted it to be, maybe. I just know we had people that were writing for it at the beginning that weren't writing for it towards the end. And so um, uh, my article in Pottertainment Magazine, this last one, is um, how to shut down a show. And here's some things you need to know since we're talking about that. Um, A, if I wanted those episodes of uh, Podcast News Flash, I would want to make sure, let's say I don't have a local copy of those. And in this case, it's weird, I don't. I almost always keep a local copy and then I throw it into Dropbox. But if I wanted those, you would want to go out to your media host and download those to your show because your media host, be it Libsyn, Blueberry, Spreaker, Podbean, whoever, when you quit paying them, they're kind of like a utility company. And that is when you don't pay your water bill, you don't have any water. You know, you don't have any electricity. Well, when you're paying a media hosting company and you don't pay them, they don't host your media. So eventually your files will get deleted, which then makes your feed invalid, which means eventually you'll get pulled out of iTunes. And so uh, so if you're going to delete your show and you want to have them just for old time's sake, let's fire up the old podcast and see that. Uh, you need to get your files. The other thing is you want to export your stats. 
And I know both Blueberry and Lipson. I'm not sure about Spreaker. You can export your stats in kind of a spreadsheet, a CSV file. So you can open that in Excel, things like that. So those are the biggies. You got to get your your information, your files. And if you want your stats, you could do that because eventually that stuff's going to get deleted. And so keep that in mind because I've had some people. I felt so bad once. I had a um, a widow of somebody who who her her husband had died and he did a podcast like five years ago and she wanted the media files. And I said, and I actually, I, uh, Libsyn went to the, the ends of the earth trying to find these files, but they were, when they're deleted, they're gone. And I felt so bad because I could just tell her, you know, I, I could imagine how that would feel like, please find these. I just want to hear his voice. And it was like, mm, it's gone. So keep those, uh, keep those files. Um, yeah. And, and Daniel says about his reviews, He's been asking his audience to write what they get from the podcast in the review. So it's more about how they apply the info instead of just how great Daniel is. I like that idea. And then uh, Jason Bright in the chat room from uh, Matt Talk Online says, well, some of us with large egos. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jason, you're so funny. Uh, I like myself basking the self-appreciation. He says, yes, I'm kidding. Um, He said, I wrote one thing for the magazine. I was hoping to do features on the podcasters. And that was shot down. Did not know that. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, how to shut down a magazine. Yeah, that's, and that's what I basically did. I said, so the other thing is, let's say you're shutting down a show. And actually, for the record right now, I'm breaking the rules because the things I write in Pottertainment Magazine are not supposed to be in a, in a podcast. So what are they going to do? Fire me? Hey. So uh, the other thing you want to do is, let's say I'm shutting down the uh, podcast news flash because I'm doing the Bernie the Cat show. I would want to, um, and Bernie the Cat, oh, we'll talk about, let me write about that. Um, uh, talk about growing your audience. Um, so if I'm shutting down one show to start another, be sure to let people know where they can find you. I was always amazed and still am that I, the show's pretty much done. I haven't had an episode out in a year or two. Uh, the Marketing Musician Podcast. I had people that weren't musicians listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast. And I was like, oh, really? Like, what do you play? And they're like, oh, I'm not a musician. And I was like, why are you listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast if you're not a musician? And they're like, oh, I just like the way you explain stuff. I think you're funny. And I'm like, okay. So if you're starting, a, if you're shutting down one show and you're going to go to another one, let people know where you're going so they can, those that want to follow you can. So get your stuff, export your stats, and let people know where you're going or where they can find you or where they can follow you if they want to. So that would be my last point to that. Um, Spreaker does CSV exports. Thank you very much, Jason. Um, And I would think Podbean does. Most of the kind of somewhat reputable media hosts, it's not hard, I would think, to export all that data into some sort of format. Um, But Miss Emily from uh, the Story Behind podcast is doing what I call the Steve Stewart it's a great it's a great strategy plan for growing your audience, and that is a. Uh, I believe Emily is here today. Maybe not. I'm looking in the chat room, but Emily is normally here on Saturday mornings. Um, we talk about her show a lot because, well, it's good. I just found out today that Bazooka Joe has been retired. I was like, what? What has America come to? That's it. I'm I'm moving to Canada. There's no more Bazooka Joe. And then she did point out the fact that bazooka bubblegum tasted like just caca poo poo. And I was like, yes, you preach on girl. Uh, 
but Emily is what what doing a Steve Stewart is. Steve Stewart, I've heard him leave comments for the feed. I've heard him leave comments for Harry Durant on Podcast Junkies. Uh, he's probably left feedback for Daniel. He he leaves comments. He engages with with his community. And so um, Emily, I've heard her, A, she's having people do voiceovers on her show, which I was the grumpy Chicago Cubs fan on her show for one episode. So I was involved with her show. She's usually here on Saturday. I see her all the time when we do podcasters roundtable. And I started the show to test the Wooshka uh, podcast media hosting company. Uh, so I, I gave my cat a show. And this kind of takes over for the worst podcast ever uh, experiment. Because I want to see, like, Bernie got 60 downloads on his first episode. I was like, are you kidding me? And so what did Emily do? Because <laughs> she knows I'll talk about it. Uh, she got her cat to make noise and leave uh, <laughs> leave um, a comment for Bernie which I am going to play on the next episode. Um, so it's just another way of having somebody talk about your show is to interact with people, interact with other podcasters. And I'm, I'm not doing this because I feel obligated. I just think it's hilarious. And every time I turn around, there's somebody talking about the story behind podcast.com. And I'm like, I call that the Steve Stewart approach. Cause Steve did that for a very long time to the point where it was almost a drinking game on the school of podcasting, it was like, and this week we have a comment from Steve Stewart. Everybody's like, all right, drink. He said, Steve Stewart, which has not been replaced by the, um, the Glenn, the geek drinking game. So when I say that, you know, if you're listening, you're supposed to take a drink. I think when you're listening to the school of podcasting, um, that's it. Cats are talking to cats (laughs) on the internet. Um, I am, I'm, I'm interested though. It's kind of funny. With the Bernie the Cat Show at BernieTheCatShow.com. Because believe it or not, Bernie the Cat was already taken. I was like, what? What? And I actually approached the guy and I'm like, I'll give you 50 bucks for BernieTheCat.com. And he's like, nah, I'm thinking about doing something with it. So somewhere down the road, and this is the cool thing because I got my show up first. I could actually say I have the trademark of Bernie the Cat um, up there first because he has nothing. But uh, I was amazed that Bernie the Cat was already taken. So Dave asked, who are the people on the wall? Well, first of all, somebody asked, am I mad at the people that are missing? And uh, no, these are um, these are my listeners. Uh, and if you want to send me anybody listening right now, I have about five that I need to put. I know I have Randy Cantrell and a couple other people uh, on my hard drive that I need to print out. Um, but I just asked, I said, where are you? And uh, take a picture of it. So for instance, uh, Orlando over here in green was in the hospital and he took a picture um, speaking of Steve Stewart, he was painting, and I cannot find his picture. Maybe oh, here he is. This is Steve Stewart. Oh, here, let me change the picture. This is Steve. He's painting. Um, this is Sherry Fields. She has like thirty-seven children, and um, so she was doing the dishes. Actually, I think she has seven. Uh, there's Miss Eileen. There's Kathleen Klein. There's the one and only John Buchanan, which you can't see because the microphone is in the way. Um, a lot of dudes in cars. This is uh, Kale Nelson. I feel like one of those uh, weather guys where you have to point as you're like, this is Joel Sosihai. Uh This over here is the one and only Ryan K. Parker. No one will punch you in the face. This is Wayne Henderson. Um, except, uh, oh, this is um, over here. That's Gary Fawcett. He lives in New Zealand, and he does stuff with bees. So, oh, and this is uh, the one and only Stargate Pioneer. 
So, um, and then this guy does, uh, Patrick Keller does the, the ultimate, the big seance show. Patrick, I hate it, but that I can never remember your show. I know it's a seance thing. Um, so yeah. And it just, what it does is, so now when I do a show, um, what, what I'm trying to figure out what is, oh, that's the mic stand. I'm like, what is this weird black thing that keeps getting in the shot? Um, it, uh, a, I, I don't feel so alone. Uh, is one, and I just I realize I, people are listening, and if I'm thinking about a topic, I just go, "What would Kim Kraji do right now? Is she would she be interested in this? I don't know. You know, what would Bill over here with a cigar and his glass of wine? Would he like that? I don't know. I think so. So it just it's something to. And then uh, I love this one. Ken Kastler's some sort weird old garage with a chainsaw. He looks like he's just ready. Like, ooh, you're you're kind of spooky looking. Um, but it's just something I did, and uh, it's just a way of, of like, Patrick loves it when I stand up, although I'm in his way right now, because when I stand up, uh, he's in the shot. What if I was sitting down? Um, he's not in the shot. So uh, if you want to do that, just, uh, you know, wherever you're at, you know, take out the phone, do the selfie. Uh, here, speaking of Craig, Craig is one of the coolest pictures. Um, Craig, I forget your wife's name. I feel horrible about this. But in terms of like just a great shot, it's Craig. He's holding up his phone. I want to say Allie, but that's not it. Um, uh, Kevin Mulrine does a show about the the band. Yes, um, this is J.C. Hudson's um, Troy Heinrichs. It just gives me an idea of who I'm talking to. It's not so much. I don't know. Does it look like a big ego thing? I hope not. That's not the point of it. Look at all the people that are listening to it. It's, it's just to me. It's like yeah, I want to. I'm always about helping other promote other people and and you know. And it was one of those things I threw out and thought, uh, you know, um, a would anybody do it? Uh, and I just I wanted something cool in the background, and I was. You know, I could have hung up a big school of podcasting banner. I could have hung up um, over here. I've got a cool picture of, you can't see it, but there's a poster of Muhammad Ali over there um, that I like. Um, and they're just like, you know what would be cool if I put my, let's, let's promote the listeners. So, um, okay, good. Wall of people. <laughs> yes, these are my victims. I, uh, I, I keep their fingers in a jar and then I put their finger. On the wall. Uh, that would be that. So holy cow, is it 1130 already? That is crazy. Um, because I did not take time. Let's find some happy music. He said, Oh, I moved my happy music. Is this it? That is not the happy music. If you want to hum to yourselves while we do this, I want to thank uh, our our awesome supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, uh, this would include, now we read everybody at the beginning of the month, but the rest of the month, we just spotlight those super duper contributors over at uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And that would be uh, Josh Liston. And I don't have my spreadsheet from the podcasters survival guide at TPS, let's see how good I am. TPSguide.org. Survey says I typed it wrong in the first place. I believe that is at TPS, because I remember the .org, not com. TPSguide.org, look at me. What do I win? It's a cheese straightener. Excellent. I love cheese straighteners. Um, Josh Rivers from uh, creativestudio.academy, and of course, the one and only Glenn the Geek. 
from Horse Radio Network. So all the other people are listed on the website. Go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, and um, that will uh, help support the show. Keep the lights on here. And uh, did I mention, I know I started to mention, the people that are not on the wall is because this is the best invention ever. Um, it's a remote control for a fan. And I didn't even think about it. It's just a little stick on the fan. So, hello, Bernie. And um, I, what I didn't think about is there's only stick on the top of these. So when the fan kicked in, half my people went, uh, I lost about five people on the floor. And now I can't get it to shut off. So, um, But anyway, I want to uh, thank everybody who showed up this week. Uh, remember, next week, we will not have an episode. Uh, I will be in Tennessee, and Jim will probably be out jogging or something fun like that. So we're going to take a week off. We'll give you a chance to catch up on the um, the back catalog if you haven't, or I don't know. Watch. I would say watch Saturday morning cartoons, but there aren't any anymore unless you're on uh, um, unless you're on uh, what the Cartoon Network or something like that. Uh, Dave, I will answer that question. And uh, yes, Miss Eileen, I did get your PM. We are going to talk about that a little bit in post-show. We'll talk about the new Patreon stuff that's uh, coming out. And uh, Dave will answer a question about Google Hangouts. And um, if you want to start a podcast, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com. Actually, I take that back. Let's go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, and that will save you on your first month of uh, when you sign up and uh, Daniel says this is my Sunday morning cartoons zoinks zoinks scoob jinkies yes um, it is sad there's no bazooka joe and there's no Sunday morning or Saturday morning cartoons that's scary because the only thing on Sunday morning was Davy and Goliath you guys remember that did anybody watch Davy and Goliath Davy Davy oh Davy I love that thing. Little weird claymation people. Davy had a total bullhead haircut. His mom and dad were always, now Davy, don't you? Davy. Anyway, so, anyway, we're here every Saturday morning. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Hang around for some post-show. And again, mix and talk. I want to point out, I know. I just said, see you next week. You won't see us next week. There's no show this week again, June 24th. We'll be back July 1st. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you July 1st. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.